Hello, and welcome to Marking Out with My Girlfriend. This is my girlfriend, Erin. And this is my girlfriend, no gimmicks, Steph the Samurai. And sometimes we forget that it's all a work. Yay! One fall! talk ostensibly about a particular wrestling company who has not been in my good graces for the last two weeks yep let me shift over slightly so i'm better lit <laughs> yes that is my primary concern here Aaron. <laughs> so lit fam on this auditory media we are streaming it on twitch oh goodness right the wrestling that we talk about <laughs> circling back to that what do we usually talk about first? BTE? We go in chronological order. Yes. So, this week was, what, episode 20-something or other? 204? I think it was about 300 now. I'm not sure. 2 million. <laughs> but we get a nice start on this with uh, Matt going crazy around his kids for being mm -hmm. around them so much. Because Matt and Nick haven't been home this much in, like, a decade. <laughs> or more. Possibly more, yeah. So he makes him some toast, and we get uh, our FTR call out mm -hmm. right on the toast, right at the start. Got to give people what they want. That happens later. Uh, no, but yeah, so like, I one assumes that the the revolt going to be doing their wrestling business all up and down on top of the young bucks. That, that is that's the phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> I, assumedly, there will be punches. Maybe kicks. At least one flip from a Jackson. Definitely not from the revolt, though. I think that might be the first time that I used their last name instead of Young Buck as their last <laughs> name. Well, no, uh, if we count when you're talking about Yif Jackson. Yif Jackson, the long-lost Young Buck. <laughs> but Yif Jackson takes the Young Bucks thing more seriously and wears a deer fursuit. Yep. Going all out, really. <laughs> anyway. This is how we end up with two hours of audio that I have to go through. Okay. Yeah, no, I ha we should keep this one compact. Let's stay on task. Stay on target, Aaron. Bullet points only. Let's go. We go from that to Nick and Matt talking about how they have to get back and take on the inner circle. Mm -hmm. But Matt's going to pull the big brother cards saying Nick definitely isn't ready. But this does kind of come into play later on. So I'm interested to see what happens. Yeah, no, I I'm... I'm also interested in, like, because the Elite versus the Inner Circle has been put largely on pause yeah. for, like, the storyline of, I mean, like, it's still there, but, like, the Matt Hardy versus Chris Jericho has become a more prominent storyline. Yeah, it has. Or Hagar and Mox a few weeks ago. Like, they've pushed up little distraction storylines, really. Right. Like, this is not related to dark at all but like the feeling that i've gotten over the last couple of months with the exception of them setting up for blood and guts which didn't happen not, yeah it hasn't happened yet we have to assume it will some point yeah with the exception of that setup it's very much felt like cody has been detached from the elite very much he's been definitely off doing his own things 
his stories and his like persona and, and the fact that he's got his own stable in the nightmare family yeah that's a little bit weird which is really just him his brother and qt appleman and his wife when she wrestles or gets thrown in the way uh, or uh, gets fucking hung out to dry by Britt baker oof yeah i thought we were gonna get distracted here oh yeah we weren't gonna get distracted basically my point is that like the elite feels less coherent than the inner circle yeah which is either setting them up for a big loss that like splits up the elite or like an unjustified win you know like the inner circle consistently work together usually to cheat but consistently work together yeah that counts yeah, and especially on things like BT where all of the elite members are broken up mm -hmm. and don't seem to interact as much. Whereas with the Bubbly Bunch... They, they made a whole segment just to interact with each other. Exactly. So, like, there's... I have some skepticism when that happens that there's going to be the cohesion necessary for them to work well together. Yeah. It, it's definitely going to be something in the back of everyone's head, I think. Mm -hmm. Especially with Hangman not having been in a ring in two months it's okay he was practicing his buckshots in the living room well not not this week because on this week we got a segment of living in the woods yep hangman page packed up a bug out bag complete with his tag title and a bunch of booze and went out into the woods he figured he could hunt for his food as long as he had his booze yeah so he tried hunting for a squirrel and he got to yell boobs that's about it, really. <laughs> that's about all he did, let's be honest. Well, that's not true. He also said that he uh, he also screamed out, like, I I'm afraid that the accomplishments of my peers overshadow my own and I'll never live up to their accomplishments. Or something to that effect. And just, oof. <laughs> I feel you there. <laughs> Adam Page goes into the woods to deal with his imposter syndrome. I mean, it's not the worst idea. It's really not. What else happens like for what the hangman segment no for bte okay you want me to go through it real quick yeah i can't remember so we had peter avalon getting forced into a kickout challenge right where he gets pinned by neighbor stevie or whatever uh we had scorpio sky and kazarian gambling in the back right there playing quarters yep and a voiceover how just how competitive Sky is, mm -hmm. and a full interview of how Christopher Daniels isn't invited to anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's so yeah. There's trouble in SCU Paradise. Now I've got Paradise City stuck in my head. <laughs> uh, we'll do that for our next intro. I'm sure okay. some wrestler somewhere in the Indies has used that as an intro song. Oh, probably. It's tacky enough. Oh, uh, we had brief showing of Justin Roberts where he shaved, but he hasn't got a haircut. So he's. He only had to pay one bit. <laughs> I'm just gonna let that one hang. We get a recap of Private Party's ongoing storyline, where they find out who attacked them through some flashbacks. Mm -hmm. And then we skip over to Paige still in the woods. Apparently he's close to having cell, cell phone reception. Because he's calling to see if it's been done. Right. Which may or may not relate back to the um, Private Party storyline. Yeah. It seems like it should, because he always follows up all their stuff, but we'll see. We have Marco Stunt also doing some bugging out. Oh yeah, that's right. Marco Stunt has to go to the woods to... He's given a can of White Claw and a map. 
and he has to go find Jurassic Express and gets spied on through someone's window. It's kind of weird. It was it was it was it was a lot. Uh, we get the Jacksons playing tennis. Matt fakes some bleeding to, to get them to go easy on him, and he feels great about winning then. <laughs> <laughs> and we finish up with Kenny Omega after the street fight, asking Chuck Taylor just how well he did. And Chuck tells him it wasn't no. I can you can definitely tell that was his first street fight because nobody's gonna moonsault off a scissor lift in the middle of a street fight. <laughs> when he calls him in though, he specifically says, Hey Dustin. Yeah, he does. Uses his real name. Which is great. I love when you get wrestlers' real names in context. Yeah. It's supposed to be behind the scenes. They do it behind the scenes, apparently. Mm-hmm. One of the staff members says even he could kick Kenny's ass. Which was great. And Cole Cabana gets chased out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it's everything we love in a BT, really. Yeah, basically. BT, is, it's like a B, BLT, but uh, more visual. Visual BLT. <laughs> a BLT for your eyes. Oh, goodness. We were supposed to not get distracted. I mean, we kind of say that every week. Yeah, and we also say we're not going to talk as much about food that week. Listen, we both run on our stomachs. Okay, that's fair. Okay, do we want to talk about dark before we get too much more distracted? Because it's a long-ass dark. It was. There was a lot on this dark. Like It was like an hour and 15 minutes. I'm worried they're going to run out of matches now. Because they were pre-recording last week. One would assume that they're also going to extra record at Double or Nothing. That's fair, yeah. So, let's get started. Start off with Colt Cabana versus Sean Dean. Did you know that Sean Dean was in the Navy and a very avid bowler? Bowled two games of two ninety nine. Also, he was in the Navy. The Navy, you say? Uh-huh. The Navy of bowling? No, but he did fight at the Battle of Bowling Green, apparently. <laughs> or the oh, Bowling God. Green Massacre, or whatever the shit they made up. I don't know. That That's some dumb shit. It's a, it's a 2016 Trump throwback. God, I gotta include that, don't I now? You do. I don't want to think about that idiot. Let's think about these idiots and this show that we're hosting. She pointed at us. <laughs> <laughs> so Cole Cabana versus he was in the Navy and also bowled two two ninety nine games. Sean Dean. I actually came in at the end of this one, so I only saw the Superman pin. Mm-hmm. But I did notice that it looked a little bit loose on Colt's end, like he actually adjusted it. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if maybe Dean pulled something during the match, or they're just kind of half assing it because they've got a lot of matches that they need to film that night we've got to do 20 of these so let's just keep going <laughs> yeah so this was this was definitely okay so like uh, effectively the entire show was squash matches except for the end yes the no dq match at the end yeah i was gonna say like there's uh, and ray versus alan wasn't too bad yeah i guess that one went on pretty long huh yeah I, I'm I'm more like going through the dark ones right now just to get the jobbers' names out there so that maybe someone will look them up after this. Oh no, for for sure, for sure. Uh, so, so yeah, do you think that AEW has enough money that they could like, if they actually signed Sean Dean, just 
have the village peoples in the navy uh maybe not this year maybe 2021 maybe i feel like they harp on it enough that i'd like to have that be his entrance music it it becomes a little bit of a meme yeah yes because oh my god how many times can commentary mention (laughs) that he served in the navy we've got to keep up with cody is the problem and cody just kept going on and on about it fucking cody fucking cody so after that we have jurassic express back taking on mike reed and ryan rembrandt with a revenant marco stunt at ringside (laughs) yeah rip marco stunt we will miss you but we're glad you showed up anyway (laughs) um so yeah no this was very much a tag squash yeah it was great to see jurassic express in because they haven't slowed down at all since leaving no, and neither of them have wrestled in, like, what, two months? Uh, yeah. Before they started the pre-tape stuff, they, I think they were already gone. Yeah, so, like, Luchasaurus figuring out that he didn't actually need his tail, <laughs> which I think was the conclusion of the storyline. I think that's what we got, too, yeah. Ended up working out for him, because this was a very fun match. I am so glad that I got to come back to seeing jurassic express just run wild over some chumps yeah i enjoyed it and jungle boy just runs forever (laughs) i I honestly forget how fast he is yeah he's like and you know i'm glad that they put marco with them because like you know one of the things that like is an observance that people used to make about jungle boy is how short he was yeah but everyone's tall compared to marco's stunt (laughs) even you i'm tall compared to marco's stunt that's why we have to meet Marco Stunt for you. So we need to get a Marco Stunt to make me seem taller for the rest of the show. Yes. We'll get a third host. They just sound smaller somehow. At most 5'2". <laughs> you have to sound 5'2". Oh, God. So, going from there to another tag match with Lee Johnson and Musa taking on Private Party. Mm-hmm. And... I noticed right at the start, Private Party had a little bit of rust on them. Yeah. Their timing wasn't quite there, but, you know, they knocked it off pretty quickly. No, they they definitely got back into ring shape very quickly with that match. It was good. They looked good. And I'm just glad that there's more people wrestling. Yeah. It's very nice to see all these familiar faces back. Instead of the same eight people. I know. I I love the eight people who showed up. They did an amazing job holding down the fort. But variety is the spice of life. <laughs> right. If you put adobo seasoning on literally everything, you start to get sick of adobo seasoning. Yes. That's a lie. I don't think it's possible to get sick of adobo. That's stuff. Okay, I know. We're not supposed to talk about food, but like... <laughs> but it's kind of what we do. It it goes it goes with like so many things. It's just so good. It's just because we eat so much. <laughs> that's, that's why I'm on a diet. That's why I should be on a diet. But yeah, no, two back-to-back very solid tag matches. And I will say this, Quinn, when he goes for the shooting star press at the end for the three count, it was slow. Like, he kind of like slowed down time as he's spinning in the air. Yeah, no, the hang time was incredible. It was, it was wonderful. I loved it. Defying gravity, like Adina Menzel. (laughs) God damn it. What? What, Aaron? Do you have a problem with Wicked? I mean, other than it's a musical. 
Okay, this show is over. I quit. My show now. We're not talking about wrestling anymore. We're talking about baseball. Cat, help me understand baseball. We could do a show about baseball. <laughs> we literally could. You know I, that. I know we could. We we spent two hours a week talking about one company's wrestling shows. We could spend an hour a week talking about baseball. <laughs> this wouldn't be hard. Yeah, no. The uh, my favorite baseball team are the Baseball Furies. I think that's their name, right? That was one of them. There was also the Throwbacks, which was more of a crossover sports team. Right. Was the other one the the Pink Ladies or whatever? We, this is we're now we're now just doing a Warriors bit. I was talking about Dasher Hatfield. <laughs> oh, see, I was talking about the Warriors. <laughs> I know. Yeah, which is a phenomenal movie. Again. It's a shame Spike decided to play it for a year straight. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. Okay, they were called the Lizzies. Okay. I just want to throw that out there. Now we got this. There, there were 21 gags featured in that movie. Each more colorful than the last. The Warriors were a pretty diverse group, all things considered. Mm-hmm. I should kind of rewatch that now. I do, too. God damn it, Cat. Anyway. Warriors. Come out and play. So we have John Cruz taking on Ten. <laughs> a match that involves Ten running into the ring stairs, no, no, getting some rug it. burn, and hitting a flatliner for three. Okay, yeah, so um, this match was very quick. I did note the rug burn, Yep, which was very funny. The rug burn comes up again later, too. In Jimmy Havoc's match. Yeah, they're, the, the the rug on the entranceway has probably done more damage to these wrestlers than the actual moves. <laughs> Coming up, we had Ray Phoenix taking on 100-proof Alan Angles. He's got a nickname now. Not the father of communism, Alan Angles. No. But this one wasn't a squash match. No, it wasn't. No, Angles actually looked really good here. Like, getting a few really close two counts on Phoenix. No, it was it was a very fun match. Like, this was, like, a good middle-of-the-card, like, highlight match. Yeah. To, like, actually break up the squash, 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 squash. Yeah. No, I'm really happy with it. I am loving seeing Alan Angles. And mm -hmm. I really hope that he continues to. There was a small misstep by Phoenix going for springboard crossbite from the outside, where he seems to lose his balance on the top rope, falls down to the apron, jumps back up to the top rope, and then does the crossbody. It looked really cool. It like it was clearly a mistake. But it was such an awesome recovery. It flowed so very little. Yeah. Like so very well. Sorry, I just I read little in my notes, and my brain was like, that's the word you want to say. You're going subconscious. No, but it was, it was a very energetic match. It had a lot of urgency to it, which meant it felt very long for the six minutes that it ran. Yeah, it was a very quick match. There wasn't a whole lot of slowdown. And it ended with a Kanikuman buster, so can't complain. Can you ever complain when a match ends with a Kanikuman buster? I don't think I'm legally allowed to. It's fair. So next we had Chris Statlander versus Danny Jordan. Danny Jordan, the true mean girl. Yes. So like the commentary team, Excalibur and Taz, straight up didn't get her gimmick. Yeah. I had a feeling when she was coming out 
but this is one of those times where I actually think Action Arcade does a better job with their, I don't want to say no-name talent, but, like, less recognized talent. Right. They give them a moment to, like, say who they are, what they're about, basically. Yeah. But if I had 15 seconds for Danny Jordan to, to explain the Mean Girls gimmick, I'm there. I'm done. I can keep up with the rest of it. As soon as she came out with a burn book and the yeah. fact that it was recorded on a Wednesday and she was wearing pink, I'm like, okay, it's a Mean Girls gimmick. <laughs> I it, it just clicked immediately for me. Yeah. I, I need a little bit more time. I've only seen the movie like 10 times. Sorry. I don't know. Maybe I'm just one of those basic white girls who compares everything to Mean Girls or whatever. That's fair. There's a lot of them. I don't, I've only seen Mean Girls once and it was... <laughs> last year i think i remember you saying that actually like i i think there was a movie night set up because you hadn't seen it yet yeah when i went up to uh, visit friends in connecticut the same thing happened with uh, hocus pocus yeah no i hadn't seen hocus pocus until what halloween not last year but the year before that yes no halloween the year maybe it wasn't last year it was the year before yeah it was because there was an incident in there that I find hilarious, but I'm not going to talk about on the show. I, I don't remember. You... I'll, I'll tell you after the show. Okay. <laughs> I do appreciate RJ City's critique of Hocus Pocus and that whole like the the whole mess that was that trailer. Bat Midler went way too hard in that movie. I mean, I disagree, but I can respect his opinion. That whole I don't know. I like I get it. It's fun, but it just also. The only one of the three sisters who actually makes sense is uh, SJP. <laughs> anyway, we have wrestling to talk about. As we get Orange Cassie taking on Jason Cade. We didn't even talk about Chris Dantlow versus Danny Jordan. We just talked about Danny Jordan's gimmick. I mean, what do you expect to happen here? They exchanged some pin setups, had a boop, short arm sits a reversal into a pin by Danny with a big bang theory for three. That's the entirety of my notes. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I wish there was more to it. Anyway, so Orange Cassidy <laughs> versus Jason Cade. Where I'm pretty sure Orange Cassidy is the only person who's to not actually notice the empty arena shows. <laughs> it just doesn't face him. Yep. He probably likes a bit more. It's quieter for him. <laughs> not as distracting. Jason Cade makes the cardinal mistake Oof, yeah. of attempting to prevent Orange Cassidy from putting his hands in his pockets. Yeah, you don't do that. And then he makes a second mistake. Yeah, so I I wanted to note, because I, I like I noticed at the beginning of the match is as Orange Cassidy was entering, Chuck takes off glasses and Trent puts on glasses for him. <laughs> yep. So he swapped glasses to get into the ring. <laughs> Those are his entrance glasses. Which meant when Jason Cade took his glasses, he was able to just walk over and get a new pair. Yeah. Which is very funny. Uh, so Orange Cassie gets a double arm wrench going with a hammer lock on Jason Cade. And he's telling the ref to, to ask him, but, but he's he barely got it in there. He's like, ask him, ask him. Like, his wrist is like this. It's, like, <laughs> it, it, it's very loose. <laughs> right, audio media. His wrist is basically, like, if you bend your wrist back, you know, like, uh, most people can do, like, a 90 degree angle. It's like... It was basically, like, almost vertical. <laughs> it, it did not look difficult. Like, it didn't look like it hurt. Especially, like, if you have a more flexible wrist. But, like, 
Yeah, basically. It's like, yeah. Rev, ask him. Ask him. And it's like the weakest hold I've ever seen, and I loved it. <laughs> Do you want to give up? What? No! Uh, in the end, though, we get a snapmare into a photo op mm-hmm. where Orange Cassidy takes off his glasses, gets angry, and puts in the best trap for three. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it's... It's Orange Cassidy and best friends. It's going to be hilarious. Right. Like... I wish they'd let him talk more in these empty arena shows, though. Yeah, but like when when you got that bit with with the ask him rap, like that was hilarious. He has very good comedic timing when he's allowed to talk too. Yeah. So next, Britt Baker versus Skylar Moore. This is her third time on a dark show, I believe. Mm-hmm. Twice wrestling, once managing, and Tony Schiavone gets made fun of for not escorting Britt out. Other than that, it's a typical Britt Baker match. It finishes with a lockjaw. Yeah. She she gets a rubber glove, puts in a lockjaw, uh, says she's going to bill Skylar for the work, and she doesn't take insurance. Which was a very solid line. I did like a line that Excalibur got in here, where I can't remember what was happening, but he says, "What does she, who does she think she is? Capitalism? <laughs> oh god, I forgot about that! Excalibur was just like... I missed Excalibur so much on commentary. He's Ugh. so good. Excalibur and Taz on AW Dark commentary is just w- what makes it perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Having Tony and, and Cody was nice. You know, they bring a different perspective, but these two have the energy that Dark needs. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, Cody shouldn't be on commentary. I like some of the historical stuff he brings in, but yeah, he's not as interesting. He's boring. Yeah, he's really boring. <laughs> I was trying to be nice. And then we get to the main event. My favorite part of the show. Jimmy Havoc with the super bad polycule behind him taking on Luther. Is this Luther's first like official match? I thought he had one before. Didn't have a he had a dark match against Sunny Kiss. Because that was like the week after Sonny Kiss had a match with Jimmy Havoc. <laughs> right, right. He was still doing the... He's still doing the tongue thing and pointing at his forehead like it's supposed to mean something to anyone. His third eye is open now. He paints it different. I mean, yeah. But again, like, the character doesn't speak. It, it works in Japan because he probably doesn't speak Japanese. But like, what the fuck is happening here? Like, my man... Explain it. So the match itself was really good because uh-huh. it had the super bads out keeling Luther in a no DQ match. Yes. It's like normally I will sit here and I'll get kind of annoyed at numbers games because they come up so often, but I'm biased, so these three can do it all they want. <laughs> yes. No, it's got like I feel like the the chemistry that Jimmy and Kip had in like the chair tosses back and forth and everything like that worked out really well for them. Yep. At one point, Jimmy gets thrown over the top ropes and hits the ramp and, like we said, gets a pretty noticeable rug burn. Mm-hmm. And then another time he gets a hip toss onto a standing chair. Yeah, that was rough, Logan. I'd sent him a, I sent him a tweet after that asking which one hurt more, and I never got a reply. <laughs> it was a no. It was it was good. I honestly, in a no DQ, thought that Kip and Penelope would have interfered more. Yeah, they they held back a little bit. Like, they weren't directly in there, but I think it was pretty good because it gave Jimmy and Luther area to work, mm-hmm. to show themselves off, and then show off the dynamic. 
as well. Oh, yes. And I have a note here of Jimmy was set up on some chairs and Luther was going to jump through them. And Kip jumps up holding Luther's leg saying, you're not going to hurt my friend. It was so very sweet. It was it was romantic. Like, that's the kind of energy where I go into it. It's like, yes, th- this is this is the vibe I get of a polycule from this group <laughs> is interactions like this. Yeah, no, it was very cute. Specifically saying, you're not going to hurt my friend. Is friend the right word? <laughs> I just forgot it was syllable at the start. Now, I did make another note here that I'd like to read out. Just <laughs> I'm highlighting it a bit more. That Jimmy, Kip, and Pelony may not be in a polycule storyline. They may not be in an IRL. But yeah, it's the energy. It's the kind of thing that I appreciate having represented. And if nothing else, it is showing like a non-typical relationship between a pair of men. Yes, that's. I think that's what we talked about in our DMs. Is that like it may not be, you know, it, but it is. It, it's very atypical of the relationships that are displayed among men in, uh, particularly in as testosterone field the sport as wrestling. Yes. So it's nice to see like a emotionally fulfilling relationship between just two that two guys being dudes yep and you know it's not gay to kiss your homies good night yeah it's not but also uh, jimmy and kip did a live stream on monday night it was two and a half hours and i watched most of it there are some stories in there <laughs> such as you know that uh clip of kota Ibushi where he's got like the fireworks works in a back alley standing on a car sorry one more time kota Ibushi standing on a car holding fireworks in a back alley yes that was jimmy's car (laughs) (laughs) see when you said that i thought you said fireball the first time and i was like whiskey (laughs) i'd love to see code on whiskey too but not quite also fireball is i don't know how that became so popular i say as a person who regularly drinks white claws i don't know how fireball got so popular because it's like 80% sugar. Just yep. do regular whiskey shots. Uh, if you're going to get Fireball, put a shot of it into apple cider. Hard or? Hard, yeah. Okay. Y- you get apple pie. What I would do. Welcome to uh, Shaking Out With My Girlfriend, our cocktail podcast. <laughs> I would do um, Laird's Applejack, Fireball, and then like unfiltered fresh cider. Okay. That would be really good. We should try that sometime. Maybe if you're feeling like a slightly, if you want the carbonation, you do a 50-50 cider and club soda. Okay. Probably twist of apple peel in there for good measure just to make it look fancy. And a little sprinkling of cinnamon on the rim. Boom. Got him. Sounds fancy. <laughs> That's the end of that episode of Shaking Out with My Girlfriend, our cocktail podcast. With our I'm, podcast. Just, I'm just going to cut that part out and post it separately. <laughs> Make its own podcast feed. Why not? Because we have so many podcasts already. I know. I love all of our sub podcasts. What about the top podcasts? First of all, Dom podcasts. <laughs> which one are we? Uh, second of all, any of the ones that I'm on, which is all of them. <laughs> Damn it, Aaron, I told you I didn't want to go too horny this episode. You know what? 
I can't stop you. You're the one who brought it there. You're the one who said sub episode or sub. I said sub podcasts, like podcast within a podcast. Yeah, podcast for subs. Why don't we head over to the mid roll and find out? Mid roll, mid roll. Everybody's talking about the mid roll, mid roll, mid roll. It is really gay. With the recent news in the world of wrestling and the world at large, marking out with my girlfriend would like to open our humble little platform to anyone affected. Anyone interested can send us a voice clip up to one minute long to plug whatever you want, be that your merch store or, you know, I guess really just merch store, huh? Or any projects. Fair. We can be reached through hello at so says.ca, marking out at so says.ca, or through Twitter at so says media. That's S O S E S dot C A or S O S E S media. Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Kira. And I'm the evil producer, Emma. We're back after a hiatus, and we've got a special promo for you. Check it out. <clears throat> Ramirez, what's the thickest hog you've ever swallowed? So, like, I have two important things in my notes here. The first one is, could they fucking give Willem Dafoe smaller binoculars? Imagine getting paid to kiss 90s era Harrison Ford and not just going full bore with it. Traitor, Jose Escobar. Yes, point one, Paramount, that's what I've got on my chest. When he knocks on the door, it looks like Harrison Ford says the password's password. We can't make this podcast without having our own cinematic universe. Unsound Theories is a So Says Media podcast. We release new episodes every other Wednesday. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Okay, let's get back to this because we've got... We've got all of Dynamite to get through, and Mm -hmm. it was actually a pretty good show. Yeah. So, Best Friends versus Jurassic Express with Margot Stunt and Orange Cassidy at ringside. Orange Cassie and Marco Stunt hanging out at ringside. <laughs> they had no beef. Yeah, no, and like that's the thing. This is a face versus face match, so like you know, there's no like, there's no heat to this match other than the fact that it's just you know they want to be ranked higher in the uh, rankings for the tag team championship. You know, like yeah, it's straight competition. So yeah, then this was a this was a very fun match. I only took notes for like half of it because I was just watching the first half. Mm-hmm. Because it was just a really solid, fast tag match. But around the midpoint, it looked like the best friends were stacking up to give Jungle Boy a suplex out of the corner. He ends up countering and giving a doomsday device <laughs> out of that situation. Yeah, that was that was that was fun. That that was that, that was neat. I've never seen a team wind itself into a situation where that happens. They fight to the outside before the break. Trent tries to tope onto Luchasaurus, breaks through a choke slam. Well, Chuck helps him break out of the choke slam, and mm-hmm. they suplex him, and he rolls under the ring for some reason. I thought that was going to be a thing, but it wasn't. And the people got what they wanted. Yeah, we got a best friend's hug on the outside. Mm-hmm. And then they immediately got attacked. Yeah, but notice the difference here. When it's a face, they just let them do it and then attack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In, as in a good tag match, everything starts to break down at the end. 
and it just gets wild and crazy and the best friends win but their win is overshadowed by orange cassidy you know doing his thing and like you're giving the come on hands he's getting all fired up on the ramp and then he gets his head knocked off by a out of nowhere gorgeous looking kick this was some Liu kang shit (laughs) this was it was it was very like black belt in like multiple disciplines like there was good hang time on this not quite as good as quinn on the shooting star press but there was hang time on this and orange cassidy basically dies yeah chuck taylor said in a tweet that he went to check on orange cassidy after the match and orange said i saw the future That wasn't the end of the run in though, because with that distraction, MJF and Wardlow jumped on Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt, which then distracted Luchasaurus. Mm-hmm. And we end up getting an awful waffle on Jungle Boy for three. Which, you know, it's always nice to see the awful waffle. I, I think the awful waffle's great, but I just love the pun in Soul Food a little better. Yeah, that, 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 was, that was more like a signature move, though. It was never really a finisher. Yeah, I, I guess. Nothing like the Falcon Arrow, though. Nobody kicks out of the Falcon Arrow. You got it. Now, I was watching this on Fight Network, so I don't know if this was on the TV cast or anywhere else, but every commercial break was some commercial for Mox's movie coming out. Mm. He's starring in Cage Fighter Worlds Collide, where he plays a pro wrestler going into MMA. (laughs) I'm sorry, but I'm not interested in watching it. I have no desire to see this film. Now, if it was just a straight pro wrestling movie, maybe. I I don't have an interest in the MMA. Speaking of pro wrestling movies, we saw some really shitty takes about Nacho Libre on Twitter this week. Oh, God. Yeah, we did. But... Molly McCoy saved the day by pointing out that it was Silver King's finest role. Because that movie really was a movie starring Silver King. Oh, yeah. That was a story about Jack Black. <laughs> yep. Well... And that's the thing, though. Movies need villains, just like wrestling. So the better your villain, the better the story you tell. Right, and like, setting up Silver King as apathetic, doesn't even notice yep. the heroes, is very good. I love that movie. I love that movie, too. I've made, I made Emma and Zoe watch it with me a couple weeks ago, and... They both were, like, a a little bit making fun of me for it. Well, I mean, like, it is a cheesy movie, but it's solid. It's it's weird. It's very weird, but it's it's fun. I like it. Anyway, wrestling again. We got more wrestling to get back to. With the four-way between Penelope Ford, Hikaru Shida, Britt Baker, and Chris Statlander. A Penelope Ford way. <laughs> kind of a rematch from the last live show i think yeah so about two months ago Mm -hmm. and honestly it was very different like the last match they did like this was stellar this one was maybe better yeah and like that like so like one of the things i pointed out in that last match was that you know penelope ford has a lot of raw talent but she needs to like refine a little bit more yeah and this match showed that yeah like her work has gotten a lot cleaner and i just enjoyed this match 
top to bottom tremendously. I think, like, if not for the next match, <laughs> it might be my favorite match. Yeah, like, I'm not even trying to describe what happens in the four-way here, because it was just everywhere, and it just didn't stop. <laughs> no, it did not. Um, The video that they have up on YouTube is pretty solid, though. I yeah. Like, the finish to this match, where, like... You know, Britt Baker is submitting Chris Statlander outside of the ring yep. with a glove that no one knows how she got <laughs> while Sheeta actually gets the pin. Yeah, I also liked Sheeta knocking Kip off the ring with an insiguri mm -hmm. as him and Penelope were making out. That was, a, that was adorable. <laughs> oh, we missed a point where Marco Stunt died again. I thought I mentioned Marco Stunt dying. We talked about that during dark this was when wardlow murdered marco stunt oh i thought i'd mention that sorry and then wardlow uh, faces off with luchasaurus so i assume we're getting wardlow and mjf versus yeah eventually we're going to end up with that we find out in a bit what's going to happen with mjf though that's a couple matches from now yes so you got to keep listening but yeah in the end hikaru shida hits a knee for three and is going into double or nothing to face nyla which leads us into a very fun storyline of Sheeta getting very excited and Nyla coming over to congratulate her. <laughs> and Lairdly stating, I found your kendo stick, bitch, after smacking her over the head with a kendo stick. Yep. Which was lovely. It, it was just perfect. So next we've got Broken Brilliance of Matt Hardy versus Kenny uh, and Kenny Omega versus Santana and Ortiz. So Having proud and powerful back is nice. I I missed their theme so much. It's a good theme. Like I knew I was a fan of proud and powerful beforehand. I didn't realize just how much I missed them till they ran out last week. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no them attacking Kenny during the entrance, and Hardy takes his sweet time coming out. Yeah. Well, when he does, he starts biting at Santana. <laughs> right, because the bell hasn't rang yet. So it's technically all still legal. Yep. We get Kenny with a bunch of of uh, double team offense because he was really the one taking the beating in this. Mm -hmm. So we got a lot of like double low drop kicks. We got a double Kentaro Crusher in there somewhere. A couple hot tags to Hardy. Tiger style at least once. Yep. We got Ortiz thrown out of the ring where he lands on his feet, falls into his front and then springs up to his knees because ortiz selling anything is beautiful it really is that all led into matt hardy with a catching a body clutch butterfly submission mm -hmm. which brings sammy guevara with a chair and a neck brace <laughs> which was hilarious yeah he's, he's so hurt from getting run over but he's still coming up for some reason you get to twist of fate for that b trigger hitting Oh shoot! I didn't write down who took the fall. I think it, I think it was Ortiz. Matt Hardy takes up Ortiz. Uh, v trigger Matt picks up the win. Yeah, with a top rope twist of fate. It was a good way to have like fallout from last week's match. Yep, a little formulaic, but in a way that worked really well for what you wanted to do with a match like this. Yeah, that's just one of those things where it's like we have this specific story we want to tell. This is the best way to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it, it got the point across. 
So we next get confirmation. There's, there's, sorry, Taz interviews Darby. Where Darby gets to mention his amateur background in the Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad they let him do that. I'm so glad they're just letting him show this off. Because he is a really good technical wrestler. He's not just a hardcore guy. <laughs> no, and like, that's the thing. Like, other companies, you know, like, don't give him a shot as a technical wrestler because of his size. So yep. him having that opportunity is really refreshing. Yeah. So we've confirmed that Darby, Colt, Boom Boom, Cabana, Phoenix, and Orange Cassidy are confirmed for the casino ladder match. Since then, we've also got Kip and someone else confirmed. I can't remember the fourth one, <laughs> but I, I know Kip because I retweeted that one today. I know. I, that's how I know. Okay, so the goal will be to grab a casino chip, which will determine the victor, and the person will get a shot at the AEW world title. At a time of their choosing. Grabbed at any time, which means the first two competitors could grab the chip before any other competitors enter. Yep, they have 90 seconds between people coming in, and they very well could just rush up there. Mm-hmm. And it's basically money in the bank. Two weeks after money in the bank. As I said last week, I'm a little bit disappointed at the blatant ripping off of the idea, mm-hmm. but I kind of want to see their twist on it at the same time. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting. Oh, speaking of money in the bank, our heartfelt congratulations to Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins on their very exciting news of Becky being pregnant. Good job, Seth. You nutted correctly. <laughs> That's your job done. Now it's Becky's turn to take over. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. She's doing the important part. <laughs> That's not where I expected this to go, but I'm also not surprised. <laughs> Let's quickly talk about Asuka's reaction to that news. Oh my god. Do you, okay, do you think they told her before she went out there? I don't think so. Because there's, there's like, uh, I don't know. Because Asuka's the only one who could pull off, like, playing oh my god i'm so shocked wait i'm supposed to be in character yeah as an actual bit yeah so like it could be but like i don't know i i feel like it works better if they don't tell her yeah like i am usually kind of defensive for things like this where it's like i'm just giving up the title i'm just vacating it and whatever else but in this case like oscar sold it for me Mm -hmm. like no no this was a wonderful situation and it went perfectly thank you like the way that she's just like mother oh so excited and then she like has the moment of fuck i'm supposed to be in character yeah (laughs) becky becky (laughs) even in character she's happy for so like i don't know maybe that's a face turn for asuka possibly i think she can still come out of that and be a heel but We'll see. A heel who just happens to also, you know, kind of be nice when someone announces that they're pregnant. Yeah. But the the line, uh, you keep being a warrior, I'm gonna be a mother, is just beautiful. Oh, God. I love that so much. It was a very poetic line. So congratulations again to Becky Lynch. Seth Rollins, you were there. <laughs> God damn it. So, back to AEW. This was the time where I noticed that Leva Bates was at ringside this whole time. Yes, she was taking notes. Yeah, and I kept asking if I could see her notes. So she actually did a live stream after Dynamite this week on her Twitch channel, and she actually read out some of her notes. 
she basically just wrote down what the chants were and what the ref calls were. <laughs> it was great. So we have Njuf versus Lee Johnson. It's a squash. The important stuff is afterwards. I'm sorry, Lee Johnson, but so we found out that Marco Stunt has had an open contract in the back, which might explain some of the matches he's gotten lately. Yeah. Marco, don't do that. So Marco versus MJF next week. Yep. Which I'm sure Wardlow won't get involved in with at all. I'm sure that Margo will have Luchasaurus at ringside with him. Yeah. Because they're building heat for MJF versus Jungle Boy. Yeah, it should actually be really good. I'm looking forward to it. I I want to see what happens. I Yeah, no, it'll be good. Speaking of squashes and other kinds of fruit, Chris Jericho versus Pineapple Pete was next. Oh. I was hoping that they give Pineapple Pete a better look. I did. I had to think about this one a little bit afterwards. Because the, the match was basically... Uh, Pete fires himself up at the start, whips Jericho around the ring, gets a few good shots in, catches the Judas effect for three. After showboating a little bit. Yeah. But it's like, okay, within AEW and AEW background, Sugar Dunkerton is a jobber. He hasn't won a match yet. He hasn't... This is his first time on the main show. He technically doesn't have a AEW contract. Yeah. So, yeah, in terms of Chris Jericho versus Shug D, Pineapple Pete in AEW, this match made complete sense. I still wish he could have got to do more. I, I'm just, I'm still in awe of, look at Pineapple Pete over there. Get him out of here. I don't like him. I hate that I hate guy. Pine I hate that guy. That's all it took to get Pineapple Pete some real heat. Oh my god, it, it's wonderful. Speaking of which, I did order a Pineapple Pete t-shirt. Was it the one Jericho was wearing? Yes. Nice. Because <laughs> Shug D is selling them. Oh, th that is awesome. Yeah, uh, but Pineapple Pete got fucking pay-per-view pyro. I know, they they built this up. He had, like, segments in the back and <laughs> telling his whole life story. He cut a really good promo and... Like, he cut a very solid promo. Yeah. That, like, he got to say a swear before Chuck Taylor did. Yeah. In the ring, it got bleeped, but he said a swear. He also swore in his promo. Yes, he did. So he got two swears. Yeah. Now, to be fair. To be fair. Chuck Taylor still got to say dick. Chuck Taylor did get to say, you punched my friend in the dick. <laughs> Uh, actually, that explains the Phoenix and Orange Cassidy heat, too. Um, technically, the best friends are still feuding with Death Triangle. Yeah, just two-thirds of them are in different countries right now. And nobody allowed in the U.S. And really, Phoenix probably isn't allowed to leave the U.S. at this point. Jericho addresses the feud with the elite, if they still exist. I appreciate Jericho mentioning exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> and he brings up a challenge for Double or Nothing... For the stadium stampede. Yes. Jericho loves alliteration. Jericho likes to make up things. Pineapple Pete, stadium stampede, you know, flim flam, bubbly bunch. bunch. So yeah, we get Vanguard 1 coming out with that little inner circle shirt they gave him dangling. Jericho takes it back and Vanguard 1 says that the elite are accepting. And then drone aside happens. What did, what, what did Jericho name his bat? Lloyd or Floyd? Floyd. I think it's Floyd. Probably. 
either way, Jericho destroys Vanguard 1 with his bat. And then they all took turns smashing it and shit-talking the drone. Yeah. So Matt Hardy comes out and they all scatter. And he's just devastated in the ring. Because Vanguard 1 is one of his oldest friends. Now, this does leave a question for Double or Nothing with the stadium stampede. In that Cody has a match for this pay-per-view. So he probably can't be in this one. So that would leave the Elite one man short again. Unless they bring in another ringer like they did with Hardy. Or... Nick Jackson's going to be in there, not 100%. Right, because that's the reason they brought in Matt Hardy, is because Nick was out. Yep, but now Cody's busy. So I think we're getting half-ass Nick Jackson. I mean, it'll still be full-ass Nick Jackson. He's just going to feel it more. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's fair. Half-healed Nick Jackson. There we go. Yeah, we get to my beef next, but the Exalted one... Mr. Brody Lee versus Christopher Daniels was the next match mm-hmm. with Kaz and Sky at ringside along with the Dark Order Creepers. I'm glad that they finally got this match in. Yes, this has been a long time boiling. I'm glad they got, got the proper finish to it. And I'm also very glad that, like, Brody Lee had a longer match. Yeah, he actually had a little bit of competition in this one. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. Like, I really enjoyed this match and having Brody Lee go over Christopher Daniels makes sense after taking a a uh, Angel's Wings and kicking mm-hmm. out at one which is very Brody Lee yeah yeah he kicked out a one on the Angel's Wings kicked out a two on the best moonsault ever and then hits a disc lariat to get the three on Daniels and like I Brody Lee Getting a title match, you know, obviously he's not going to lose the match going into a title match. No, Otherwise, of course not. why not just give the match to Christopher Daniels? So it it worked out well. I also liked how they explained Brody Lee getting the title match. Where it's like he's not the number one contender, right? But he's just him, so he went and got it. Would you tell him no? And it's like that is very much the character they have been building for him. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, it's not so important that he's playing by the rules here. It's that he's going to go out and get whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. So uh, Mox arrives, takes out all of the creepers. At one point, Brody Lee literally throws creepers at him. Which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, Kip Sabian ran away when he was coming through the heel side of the ringside area. Mm-hmm. Because I'm pretty sure he thought he was going to get hit. <laughs> so he ran. And then Mox cuts a promo. Yep. Where he's just, he's so pissed off that his title's gone. Well, so like, yeah, that's the thing is Brody Lee stole the belt. Yeah. It was like, it's not the title that makes him the AEW champion. It's getting those wins that makes you the champion. Right. Winning the match makes you a champion. Having the belt doesn't make you a champion. As evidenced by Chris Jericho losing it at a Longhorn Steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That story gets better every time he tells it. It really does. So yeah, no, that was that was fun. I'm excited for most of next week and Double or Nothing. Yeah, there is a lot I'm looking forward to. Uh, next week on Diamond, we've got MJF and Marco. We've got Ray Phoenix and Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. We've got Mox and Ten. Which is fun. That's going to be great. Sammy Guevara taking on Matt Hardy. Like, that is a stacked card. And we also found out that Nylon Sheeta at Double or Nothing is going to be no DQ, uh, no count out. Which is 
very fun. There's going to be a lot of kendo stick in that match. There's going to be a lot of kendo stick. I still think Nyla's going to go over in it, because with everything going on, she has had a very short reign, and I think that they really want to get, really want to build her up as a monster. For sure. Like, that's one of those things that, like, you don't want, you don't want intercontinental championship length reigns. Sami Zayn was robbed. Still my champion. Forever my champion, Sami Zayn. The eternal reign. Never, ever lost. He will always be my intercontinental champion. Anyway. That is AEW for this week. I think yeah. we're, you're all caught up now. So, do you want to talk about beef? Uh, I, I, I'm going into this again where I don't really have a beef. Because there isn't a whole lot besides the one incident that can really draw my ire. My beef it, on a normal week would have been them stripping the title from Sami Zayn. Yeah, easily. This week, though, my beef continues to be with AEW and their handling of... The TNT title tournament? The TNT title tournament in general, yeah. Actually, let's just... Let, let's... It's, in, it, it's been a cluster. It's been a clusterfuck. I don't trust Cody to, to, to do any storytelling anymore. AEW has taken a couple of very stark moves towards rape apologia, particularly by having Mike Tyson present the belt after the controversy of the whole of last week. Like, they did a pretty good job editing around that and making putting the snake on her the focus rather than the, you know, simulated sexual assault, which I'm still very upset about. They need to do better. They need to be better. Because I am not interested in supporting a product that is rape apologistic. So with that in mind, if it keeps up, I'm done. And we'll make it a show about indie wrestling or whatever. And it sucks because other than this whole Lance Archer storyline morphing into the shit show that it has been, I have loved every other match that I have watched. And I really like the performers, and I really like the ways. Like it's a, you know, the wrestling is good, but just be better. Be more conscious. Think about what you're showing. On this week's episode, when they had Lance Archer and Jake Roberts out, I could have started from this point, mm -hmm. where they're out there. They show the snake on Brandy, which is that's a thing Jake Roberts does. It's a scare tactic. Right, right. The snake on someone is not inherently... I mean, like, there's, like, an element to it, but it's not inherently sexual. Yeah. And then Jake Roberts cutting a very sexist promo. I can live with that. Yeah, no, that's out-of-touch old man. Yeah. I can go, yeah, Jake Roberts is a being a sexist pagan in this. Boo. But, yeah, just... You don't boo someone for you know, sexual assault, you put them in fucking jail. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, I'm left more disappointed in this week because I saw the route they could have gone from the start. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it, it's just that one flash and then the announcement of Mike Tyson is like, it's, it's just tone deaf. I think they got caught up in the, holy shit, we're back live, we need to, like, make it a big deal. Let's do something big, and they made it. But, like, it's 
It's a mistake if it happens once, and it's a mistake that I'll be very upset about, but it's a mistake. But now, compounding it with Mike Tyson, it's a pattern of decision-making from the creative elements within AEW in regards to Cody's storyline that makes me question the nature of you know AEW's decision-making for a company that's supposed to present a more progressive product. So that's 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 the beef for this week. It, it could have been Sami Zayn, but it was this. It is almost ninety degrees in here. I think. I don't think so. I. It's. But it's okay. Hold on. Yeah, it's dark outside. It's been dark for a bit. It's twenty six out, which for you Fahrenheit's, which is what I'm calling fans of Fahrenheit, is eighty degrees. It's way too hot in here. I have a very bright light over here. I have my windows closed because I had my air conditioning running. Let's end this fucking episode. We can do that. Do you, you want to get a, a very good note in first? Yes. So the past couple weeks I've been watching Dasha Gonzalez's outfits for these shows and she looks amazing every time. Oh my god, Dasha is so gorgeous. Her outfit for Dark this week was incredible. Yeah, it was the same one she had for Dynamite last week understandably so yeah with, with like the multicolor stripes and it's just oh she looks so good in it mm-hmm. yeah no tasha gonzalez keep doing what you're doing because it works so other than that i have to pee so badly and it's so hot in here let's let's sign off okay we're gonna end the show i'm doing a new thing it's a call to action to end the show this was not put by me either i, I know i just i make i, I call audibles Aaron. I know you do. Fucking, if you live in the U.S., please, for the love of God, vote. That's all. I don't. I'm not gonna tell you who to vote for. Don't vote. Don't vote for a rapist, though. But still, vote. That's all. My brain is scrambling like so many tofu's in the pans that I have in my kitchen over there. The fucking supermarket was out of tofu except silken tofu again. Okay, cat. We're, we're getting the going home call. We we, we got thirty seconds. Okay. I'm just mad about the tofu. <laughs> okay. As we say around here before we end the show, be gay. Mwah. Do crimes. Bang. Marking Out With My Girlfriend is a production of Sosa's Media. Check us out at sosces.ca. Music has been provided by Sounds Like an Earful. Oh, that's something unusual, actually. I can see behind you, Kat, the sun's still up. Usually it's not like that when we start this. Is it not? I don't know, usually it's pretty dark, at least around here. You're more northerly than I am. Yeah, well, it also rains a lot. That's fair. It's fucking... Let me tell you what, bud. It's fucking 30 degrees out right now. Yeah, it was like 20 here today. It was pretty nice for what I could get out. I I just... <laughs> it's too hot, and I'm recording, so I can't have my air conditioning on. Okay, yeah, that's valid. Hope you have lots I of know, water. minor complaints, but I don't know. I still think they're important things to complain about. As long as we have complaints, we'll be okay. Wait a minute, isn't that the opposite of the purpose of this show?